0: We're not dead A podcast about a story of survival
1: Hello and welcome to episode 47 of We're Not Dead The official community podcast of We're Alive Ha! I got it right that time Uh, I'm your host, Nick Voodoo. You guys just have no idea. I hit the wall about 10 seconds ago and called this podcast We're Alive, the official community podcast of We're Not Dead. Um, So I'm Nick Voodoo. Britt is not going to be here this week because she is out um, eating free food for her job at five different really high-classy restaurants in uh, her area. So um, hopefully she's not allergic to shellfish, and she'll be back with us next week. Uh, But I am joined by two guests today. I'm joined by Oren. Hello. And I am joined by Sean. Hello, how's everybody doing? So, the fun thing about, uh, well, I suppose fun thing may not be the right way to put this. The very interesting thing about both of our guests uh, this week is that um, both of you are blind, correct? Yes. Good, because if you uh, weren't blind, that means you lied to me and we would have some issues. Um, <laughs> so, of course, obviously, We're Alive is a radio drama. Um, which is uh, geared, obviously, you don't have to see it to understand it. Um, and this is the reason that Casey put specifically Sean in touch with me and then uh, Oren, you and I have been talking on Twitter for a while now. Um, so that's why we want to get you both on the podcast because we want to get that perspective of, you know, what it's like for you guys to listen to it because obviously, you know, I can see and I have... You know, my visual center is working all the time when I'm listening to the podcast, and uh, we really wanted to get a chance to get you guys on here and let us know what uh, your thoughts were and how the the podcast works for you and, you know, how how you interpret it and things like that. Um, but before we get into that next level stuff, let's go back to the basics in the beginning. Uh, we'll start with you, Oren. Um, when did you start listening?
0: Oh, I started listening... Uh, well, actually, this is a really interesting story because I subscribed, like, in the, I don't know, like, the like chapter four or five, or whatever, but I'm like, oh, I'll just let all these podcasts download, I won't bother listening until, I don't know, I just, something, just, something just, I never really bothered until, uh, like, the war chapter, and I, I, something, I, I accidentally just went to chapter 12, and I, I listened to, like, Bert say something about a, uh, Molotov cocktail, I'm like, whoa, this, and 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 it, I knew that it was about zombies and I, and I was listening you know to the midst of you know like uh scratch and the war thing I'm like wait, this is this is more than zombies, so I went back and listened to chapter one, and then of course nice. I just hooked, you know uh you know ever you know I just got into this season uh and then and then, well that was i listened- i started listening and I listened the entire i think it was like a Saturday. Or, or no, it was a Sunday, and then that Monday, uh, season two, chapter thirteen came out. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really I love the fact that I, I just got done chapter twelve, and then like season two just immediately started to come out.
1: Well, that was that was very convenient timing for you. I started like in the middle of season two, so you've been listening to about uh, I guess you started about uh, I guess five six months before I did. Uh, Sean, how did you come by? We're alive.
2: Well, um, actually it was, it was kind of interesting. I was on a group chat with Windows Live Messenger and, um, Kevin Visi, which is a friend of mine from Germany, uh, he mentioned the podcast in the, in the, uh, chat and I was like, okay, what is this? He said it's a really good audio drama, but, uh. It's very pa- uh, fast-paced, and I was like, well, okay, I'll check it out, and um, I listened to it from chapter one in the beginning, because I, I wanted to know what it all was about, and uh, right, right, I definitely, definitely, uh, I immediately got into it, because for one thing, I love audio dramas. For another thing, I really got into the zombie apocalypse thing because it just I don't know there's something unique about it there it's 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 really neat i really started listening to it when i because i have a device called the plextalk pocket which is okay. a small um book reader for the blind and it has internet capabilities in order to download podcasts and radio uh show, um stations and things like that. So every time the show comes out, I immediately hook up to the internet and download the new episode and listen to it because I mean I I that's so such an addicting show. Definitely.
1: Um that's awesome. Um now uh the other standard questions we ask everyone that comes on. Uh, who are your favorite characters? Who don't you like? Uh, if you you know had the option of meeting a character in a dark alley, uh, who who is it you would want to put a knife in their chest?
0: Oh man, um, well, when I uh, when I first started listening, my favorite character has, and I guess kind of will remain Bert until you know something. I mean, well, even even if, even if he does, you know, end up dying, which is a is certainly a possibility now uh you know he he's still gonna be probably one of one of my all time favorites uh scratch i don't know i mean i i i hate her but at the same time i kind of feel you know like i kind of see her her motive and and you know or or you know even though it's kind of unreasonable it's it's uh you know i mean she she's got well, I mean now, well now she has full control of of, of the whole freaking uh, m- you know, maulers. I mean, I'd be interested to see what the uh, what you do, so, because I don't really, I don't have any characters to 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 not like now per se. Um, it. I mean, I guess if I had to pick a character that I wouldn't care, uh, who who would go or whatever, I would probably have to say Kelly. Like, if he if he dies, it's not going to be. Yeah, a, a big deal to me or whatever.
1: Okay, that's fair enough. I'm certainly not going to begrudge you for, you know, not liking <laughs> Kelly and her bitchiness. She she certainly is worthy of hatred every once and again. Uh, Sean, what about you? Your favorite character, your least favorite character?
2: Uh, the favorite character would probably... Mm, well, well. <laughs>
1: What a crooked little web we weave here on this podcast.
2: Uh, maybe. probably Saul. Uh. Okay. Because he just has a. well, for one, his voice sounds young. It's still, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds like he's still in his teens almost. <laughs> um. But I, I like the way that he. he says things because there's a lot of humor to it or there's a lot of you know even, even when he's serious just how he says things it just makes you want to laugh um right uh he's i I don't know i, I just like a lot of what he does and how he says it
1: okay and least favorite
2: in some instances be michael because of his i i'm the i'm the um Head of the army kind of attitude, and you know, sometimes you just want to, hey, dude, you know, uh, kind of listen to everybody else for once and, and 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 slow down a bit.
1: I think you might be the very first person. Well, I know people, there, there are people that dislike aspects of Michael's personality, they don't like hate him, like out and out hate him. You may be the first person I think I've ever asked that lists Michael first as their least favorite character. That's that's a very interesting choice, sir. I appreciate the balls it takes to do that. Um, all right, so again, uh, both you gentlemen are blind. Um, So what draws you to radio dramas or things of this nature?
0: Well, I think um, what gets us into radio drama is um, the, the fact that, obviously, it's all audio. Extremely careful attention to, to dialogue, and, and, you know, I like the whole... General concept where you know the narrator switches perspective. Really, I mean, uh, I think it's we're alive itself that drew me to the to the you know audio drama, not mm-hmm. necessarily the fact that uh, I mean, there's there's uh good you know good movies and, and 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 things like and TV shows on like The Walking Dead, but of course The Walking Dead is is you know uh, it's not audio described anywhere, so it's hard as heck to to really get. Mm-hmm uh and you can there's no there's no really audio audio feedback well, there's some audio feedback we don't know what's going on with the action scenes so
2: um well actually now now there are a lot of tv shows that are being uh described I've I've seen a lot of uh seasons up on uh a webpage that I usually go to a lot um but anyway my experience with audio dramas really really got in did when i listened to the left behind series um uh, audio dramatized uh because th- there is a lot of action in uh that series and they, they put a lot of music they put a lot of work into it many many different voices and actors and a lot of the time i felt like i was right there in the action and uh When We're Alive came along, the name, I was like, wait a minute, We're Alive? So I started listening to it, and whoever does all the sound sound design and music and all that kind of stuff and just puts it all together has done such a marvelous job uh, with the reverb effects when they are going up the stairwell in the apartment, uh, fading Mm -hmm. it out to be... uh, as if you're really walking down the hallway when you get out of the staircase, uh, was really... It really, really, really piqued my interest because I am a production person myself, sound production. Oh, really? So I definitely enjoy the uh, sound aspect, the, the, the ways the audio is presented with We're Alive, and the people really really know how to get into their character and i I like the fact that in the beginning the episodes were written from the author's point of view they were really written specific to each character uh, and how they would literally play that part out and it it makes it seem more realistic that way
1: um just I just wanted to ask a a couple more quick questions uh about um just your experience with the show uh as you are blind um there are times when things get confusing to the listeners, and I know that happens to everyone and I, you know ultimately, this is a great equalizer you know you were just describing how the Walking Dead doesn't really have an audio description um per se except for maybe through like a website um but you know this is the same experience for everyone you know. We all listen to the same thing, and it it doesn't require us to have any other special, you know. We don't. We just have to have ears that can function, and we're good to go. Um, have you ever found yourself? Do you get confused with the audio, or is it something that you are a little more uh, keen and sharper on? Do you think that on some occasions?
0: I think we could be a little more keen and and, and sharp on it, but the, you know, it's still hard to, you know. You know, Casey's still awesome with the writing. It's still hard to predict stuff. I mean, there's times when I would uh, do the whole uh, voodoo lounge thing on on episodes, and it was it's just like, oh man, that's then. Then I get then the, the next chapter comes out, and it's like, wow, that <laughs> I, I totally messed that up. So I mean, it's
1: welcome to the hell that was my life when I ran the voodoo lounge. Uh, Sean, did you ever do you ever find yourself uh, getting lost or confused, or have you been pretty well able to keep track of uh, things as they happen?
2: I'm I, I I follow stuff very well, so I pretty much am able to keep track of things. My my thing is the whole suspense thing, the whole the whole cliffhanger for almost every episode. There's a mm-hmm. what the hell, you know, <laughs> and then it ends. Yes, it's like. Uh, what do you mean? What the hell?
1: What's what's going on? Yeah, well, gentlemen, again, it's great to have you here. Thank you for coming and sharing your experience. I know that Casey really wanted to get you guys on, um, uh, and you guys will hear this in our special episode that's going to be released on Monday. Um, you know, Casey really keyed on th- this was the reason that he chose this as the format for it was he wanted to provide something for um. Uh, for the blind that they would be able to interact with and have fun with and, you know, grow with and learn and whatever. Um, so it was really important, and uh, I'm glad you guys are here. Uh, and let's jump into the recap again. Feel free to interrupt. When was the last transmission from Boulder?
0: About two hours ago.
1: No emergency response codes? Nothing? None. Keep trying.
2: Nothing? You serious? Not even a fucking telegraph? Sir all IP pings are timing 34
1: out. 34-1, no it takes online. it only takes one. Picks up where we left off with Irwin trying to raise Boulder and Michael saying that it's too late. Kimmitt insists that they try the SAT phone. Puck reminds them uh, that they go through the same gateway and it's not responding. Michael asks, who doesn't have a uh, who doesn't have a sat phone if there are any direct and if there are any direct lines? There are three. Two are labeled and one is not. What are the direct lines?
2: There are three listed here. The mayor, Boulder Command, and the last one's blank. Where is that?
1: What's the third? What about your guy up there? Then you give it. Michael asks what the third unmarked line is. Kimmett insists on patience, um, uh, saying that their comms might just be down and they can't jump to any conclusions. Puck asks if they should scramble a task force. Kimmett wants the engineers awakened uh, to check Irwin systems first and to put an air assault team on standby.
2: You want to send someone up there to check it out?
1: Keep trying. Wake up the engineers. Make sure it's not on our end that's broke. And I want our air assault teams on standby. What's the third line, sir? Do you know what it is? It's a private line. Michael again asks what the third line is about. Kimmet says it's a private line and he'll try it. Puck reminds Michael of the population of Boulder and how many inklings may exist if Boulder is uh, being attacked. Uh, Puck tries to think positive and says that maybe it's just the comm issue saying the satellites may have gone down. Michael doesn't think so. With 8200 military at Boulder, they hope the city will be safe. Kimmett returns and is told the engineers are on their way. He says that no one has picked up on the third line. Puck and Michael both volunteer to go to Boulder, but they are denied. I need you both here. But sir... Not another word. Hours pass as Kimmett makes everyone at Irwin tread water. The Irwin comm is indeed working, and Michael narrates about how he keeps thinking back to Boulder and his friends. He thought he was standing between the crazy things and his friends, but the things had found a way around him. I thought I was in between the crazy things in L.A. and my friends... Uh, Kimmett now has Carl's new report with extra info about number two. Puck tries to cover for it, but K- Kimmet sounds unconvinced. Michael tries to convince Kimmet to send the aerosol team and is finally successful. Puck sends Echo Team with Carl's sat phone. About 60 miles from Boulder, Echo Team makes contact with bol- the Boulder Blackhawk. Echo relays messages until the Blackhawk is in range, and we find out uh, the Blackhawk confirms the attack, and the power and comms went first. Crew Chief Specialist Anthony Robbins, 2nd Battalion, 135th A Company, Wolfpack. Colorado Army National Guard. Boulder's power and communications got hit first. There are also a hundred. Ter- there are also hundreds turned inside the walls of Boulder. The Black Hawk finally comes in range itself, and we hear Robbins saying that the mayor is most likely dead and they need help. Kimmet orders the rest of the teams to Boulder. Robbins reports to Michael saying t- uh, too many deaths to count, and that the command was hit first. Kimmet orders the containment team to meet the, uh, at the helipad to meet Robbins and that they need to get the situation in hand. The scene shifts to. Datu and Hope and Boulder are trying to find a place to hide. Datu can't find out, uh, can't figure out where they are because it's too dark to see. He tries to flag down an army vehicle, who tells him to get inside. and He says, "I'm trying, hey! Hey, you!
0: Get back inside! We're, we're trying!"
1: Uh, distant cries of the little ones can be heard as Datu gives up looking for his actual home and tries to get into anywhere. They try They as, uh, try two different places. Second place tells him to go away and threatens to shoot them. Go away. And they leave. Ho complains that they should have left the hospital earlier. And she indicates her sur- uh, she had had surgery on her eyes and wants to help by removing her bandages to see if she can help see a place to go.
2: No, 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 no. Keep your
0: bandages.
1: Datu finally finds a house and tries to bolster the defenses that are already there.
0: My favorite line of the show. Where does this go? Oh, a basement.
1: He finds tools in the basement and nails some boards back in place. Hope is concerned about the noise, but Datu says they'll be safe here. Hope wonders what happened and why these ones didn't freeze to death like the other ones. Datu says the army will handle it. Just then, the prick who wouldn't let them in becomes zombie food. Oh, 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 oh to the basement! Datsu runs to the basement and brings Hope with him. They're down there briefly when an inkling breaks in through the basement window. Datsu takes Hope and rushes into the garage. Finding no car to escape, Datsu grabs a pickaxe and stands to one side of the door and tells Hope to stand away. When the inkling enters, Datu swings the pickaxe and connects with its throat, killing it. Datu investigates the body, saying he meant uh, to hit the inkling in the head but it hit its throat instead. Hope says she didn't need those details. Datu remarks on the zombie's weird skin and the scene cuts back to Irwin, where Kim is reacting to Robin's idea to evacuate Boulder, calling it insane. H- how many people are locked in their homes right now? The civilians got guns, but we had bigger, and it still didn't stop those fuckers. These things are like the soldier versions of them. What did you say? Robbins insists the Inklings are too much to handle despite the helicopters. He says they are likely the soldier version of them. Michael says, what did you say? But Kimmet plows forward saying there's no place to evacuate Boulder 2. Irwin doesn't have the resources and everyone would starve and there's no way they can get them to Irwin anyway. Robbins pulls out his camera and shows a video of the he took of the attack from the air. Which sounds absolutely gruesome. We could do nothing but watch. Seth. puck cross in my office you stay here uh Kimit asked michael <laughs> that uh, the the high pitched squealing noise mixed with like the sound of flesh being ripped yeah. is just not a pleasant thing <laughs> uh maybe it's just me maybe someone else likes it but i i get a little skeeved by it kimmit asked michael uh and <laughs> and uh, Puck to join him in his office. Puck doesn't much like the sound of this. Kimmet reveals uh, that before Michael arrived, uh, the Irwin people went to Pentax, which is a nuclear arms facility, a uh, disposal facility, excuse me, and uh, both Boulder and Irwin are sitting on top of nukes. The private phone line is revealed to be a private direct line to the bomb to arm it. Boulder has uh, a similar number to the one that Irwin has. The bombs are armed via a code. Michael gets ticked and says it's not even an option. Michael makes an impassioned argument to spare some of the survivors and give them a chance to escape. They're interrupted by a private who says that they have reached uh, Boulder again and that one of the command units has taken control of the mayor's office and they're not sure how long they can hold out. We need to try. Give the order. Evacuate Boulder. So that's the end of this chapter. And gentlemen, what did you think?
0: I think this kind of this the, you know these inklings, these zombies kind of give you know we're alive as, you know two meanings. These these zombies you know have to be alive, with their are intelligent. And uh, I I kind of wonder if uh, the next uh, you know next part we're gonna see, apparently Pegs and Keller on the north side. So I wonder if we'll see from their perspective what's what's up.
1: Quite possibly. Um, it's one of the things that seems to be becoming a lot more prevalent, is the fact that the zombies are alive. You know, Tanya did the autopsy. You know, they're basically like us, except they are, you know, a little bit thicker, have thicker membranes, a bigger heart, and uh, you know, they bleed out, that CJ proved to us. You know, things like that. And not to mention, the word zombie in zombie uh, a, a zombie story of survival, it's in quotes. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, Sean, uh, what did you think of this episode?
2: I am very interested to know about the whole number system for one you know we got the Mm -hmm. number 2 we got the number 12 we got the number I think 5 and 6 and uh, you know and then in the beginning we had the whole guy with tattoos all over his body he seems to be Mm -hmm. the uh, main leader and I believe he was the one to mark the others with numbers yeah that's what I feel. As far as this episode goes, I would rather they didn't use the uh, code to arm the bomb, whether it be Irwin or Boulder, because, I mean, it just... I mean, yeah, yeah it would take care of the zombies, but again, what about the uh, innocent bystanders and the you know the people that actually live there? Why not try to figure some way even though it may be hard, why not try to figure some way of getting those people out? Well, of there? yeah, I mean, if Kim if Kimmy yeah. gave
0: the order, you know, to evacuate, you know, hopefully, you know, I mean, they they gotta have enough choppers or some. Well, I guess they don't. They don't. only have a small number of choppers, but but uh, you know, they have to have enough. Uh, they have to get them out some way. Uh, you know, as, as Michael, Michael says, detonation really isn't isn't an option unless you know i mean Kimmet, you know being out of his you know mind drinking and shit i i, I could i could see i could see Kimmet just just doing that for 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 the heck of it because you know it, it i mean that would be an easy an easy way out for him you know you know in terms of uh you know just just getting you know getting getting his crap over with
1: You're just like washing your hands of the situation pretty much yeah. like oh er, boulders toast okay here you go nuke it uh, along these lines uh hardcore had a post Uh, Like Anton Chekhov said, if in the first chapter there's a rifle hanging on the wall, in the second or third chapter it absolutely must go off. If it's not going to be fired, it shouldn't be hanging there in the first place. And those are two really huge fucking guns hanging on the wall. (laughs) So, you know, personally, I I happen to agree. I think that one or... I'm going to say one. I don't think both are going to go off. The second one may go off later, like season four as a way of neutralizing something else. Um, but one of them has got to. I'm almost positive one of them has to go off this season. Personally,
0: yeah, and I imagine I could just I could just see it being the finale or something that it either goes off in uh in, in, in Boulder or Irwin. Uh, probably, I probably imagine Boulder because if they can't evacuate, you know, then then some, you know something has to be done before you know. Just it,
2: it sounds as if Boulder is being completely swarmed full of zombies, so if the only thing to be done is to use the bomb, then well, I mean, it's going to be a loss but maybe you just have to do it
1: Now, this is something that was posted a lot on the forums, obviously, which one of these locations goes Um, and there, there was a stream of thought and I'm not going to claim that I'm the one that put this together, but I did just post this on the forum, and let me see if I can't find this post real quick um, that basically is connecting the lines between how, where we started with this whole uh, nuke thing and how we may be able to complete it. So let's connect a few dots. If it's true that Griggs the Griggs zombie maintained some of his memory and so do the ones that he's turned, that means that everyone that had the information to set off Erwin's nuke would still be there. Um, and so they in turn are going to be the one to blow it to pieces, but they don't have a sat phone, except Kim had just sent a sat phone there so he would have a direct line. So Michael convinces Kim to let himself, Riley, Tanya, Puck, hopefully Carl, all go there. Uh, and with Robbins, they hop on his black off, head off. And as they're disappearing over the horizon, Erwin is annihilated in a gigantic flash of brilliant white light. And that's the nuke that goes off, and it's not the it's not the bolder one.
0: Yeah, I could, I could see, because... Uh... Erwin is a lot. Of, I mean, there's there's, there's people in, in Boulder, and it's you know like Erwin is just the you know military base, or, or Boulder's the safe you know the safe house, whatever. So, it, you know, so it's it's I think it's an almost inevitable that, that I think I think if any bomb should go off, I think it probably should be Erwin.
2: Yeah, now that you say that, I feel the same way. Why why not evacuate everyone out of the Uh, Out of Fort Irwin, and see if everyone there can't do something with Boulder. I mean, things have been built up uh, over time beforehand. Why not uh, get everybody together and make another major fort for everybody?
1: Right, and the other point would be that if you destroy Irwin, what's the last safe place? Air quotes safe place you can go? Oh, it's a place that's covered in zombies. That kind of sucks, doesn't it? So. You know, at that point, you don't have a safe place to go. You are back up in the air, and you're having to survive all over again. Which I know is kind of a cop out because we just did that for the end of season two with the tower collapsing. Mm-hmm. But
0: yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, but then I wonder if you know, if season four, if that actually happens, if if you know, we're we have to like build everything from scratch. There's there, there's nothing. Uh, you know that that'd be that'd be an, an interesting new take on everything because you have more people now.
1: Right. It, Boulder provides you a better opportunity to have more people, so you might be able to rebuild. The problem is, obviously, they're all being torn apart uh, limb from limb at the moment, so that kind of <laughs> sucks. <laughs> you know, that that puts a detriment on your day, just a touch. Um, yet another Bloody Cheek, who is a relatively new member to the forum. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Um, sometimes nothing beats a decent pickaxe. Datu rules. Um, so how did that whole scene with Datu work for you guys? Uh, uh, what did you like? It, what did you was not interesting.
0: like? interesting. I mean, Ho- I kind of think Hope Ho- was complaining a little too much. You know, it's <laughs> cold and all that crap. I mean, it's just, you are know, trying to survive. Why are you crying out of cold for? Uh, She's but, a
1: kid. Leave her alone.
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, I, uh, overall, I, mean, I think that that, that actually was, was pretty awesome. I mean, that, that Datu is starting to get, you know, pretty badass. I remember, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I remember in the beginning when it was, it was quite, uh, he, he wasn't, he, he didn't really get into a lot, into a lot of action uh, until, I think it was like, you know, chapter, you know, chapter nine, when he got taken, you know, with those, those zombies, to the arena. Then again, yeah. he was kind of, Uh, you know, he was kind of helpless there, so.
1: Well, he did beat a zombie to death with a chair leg, so that was kind of awesome.
2: Dato, <laughs> <laughs> Dato's, Dottu, probably another one of my favorite characters i, I like i like um I, I i like how we got to hear his real voice in the live episode and then mm-hmm. how he changed his voice for the actual episode itself i mean i i know hope is a good person and everything but i mean she should have just you know stayed quiet and just followed along with Datu because he was the one that could see and knew what was going on around him yeah pickaxe thing was a little interesting. I it was a little quick because the I guess it sounded like somebody one of the zombies broke through the basement window. That's what it sounded yep. like to me. And
0: well I th- I, well, I think I think when when uh Dotsy actually used the pickaxe, I don't know if I guess the zombie kicked open the uh, the, the door to the garage yeah, wh- and then uh Dotsy would just would just just stabbed and throw. Uh
1: yeah, they they had escaped to the basement. The zombie broke in through a basement window. They ran back upstairs into the garage, hid behind the door and so when the zombie kicked the door open, he swung the axe and hit it in the throat.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> Instead of the forehead like he was aiming at. Um just as a as a side note for the for the um complaining of hope complaining. Um uh Jane Lehash who plays Hope is also a member of the forum. She's Yo Cat Janie. Uh got to agree. Hope kind of irritated me as well. I guess she's just sassy and a teenager. So, she gets the jokes. She she follows along with us as well and understands <laughs> that people think her character is kind of annoying. Uh Litmaster, um speaking of Datu as well yo k c is j Lake paying you to stay in the cast or something datu needs to die like now isn't this the same sissy that got himself locked in the elevator back in season one and was rescued from being put up in the menu in the arena and now he's suddenly the terminator bad writing k c bad <laughs> writing, and then he put a gigantic disclaimer saying that you know I know nothing, it's not actually bad writing whatever um but he was basically saying he wants the character of Datsu to die um and yeah i I can understand why people want Dotu to die, because a lot of people find the character annoying, but... Yeah, he's, he's... annoying,
0: but I kind of can see where he comes into, you know, the story, because I think he's kind of supporting Hope, he's kind of compassionate, so I kind of wonder where, you know, what what would Hope, what Hope's purpose actually is, because I still really don't know what Hope's purpose is.
2: She uh, helped Tanya, and then they left, but now she just kind of tags along, and uh, as far as Datu, I, I mean, he... He helps he helped fix a lot of stuff. So, you know, his his purpose in the in the show is pretty clear as of right now, so I mean I don't see why he should he should really die.
1: He's King Datu the resourceful. He never has to die. If you kill him, he's just gonna come and resurrect himself back to life. Um <laughs> So while we're on the subject of hope and Datu in this in this whole uh boulder interlude we had, um with the writing of hope, uh did you find that some of the stuff that she was going through rings true for you, like um, uh, having to feel well, things? I, mean, I, well, I don't know. I don't know how. Obviously, the sim- situations are not probably going to be similar because what are the odds you have to go try and find something in in braille number wise in a hospital that and you've only been blind for like a day?
0: Well, yeah, but, and that's the is is you know, uh, I can, that's kind of unrealistic. But I guess I can see where it's coming like from a, a drama writing perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like. A person who, you know, just went blind, you know, from from having total vision, is going to be pretty depressed and, uh, you, know, you know, pretty bedridden. I mean, I've I've seen I've seen people like that, uh, you know. That well, I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, there's, I mean, in the zombie apocalypse, it's you know, uh, it's it's you know, you 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 better just get you know use what you have really. So, um, you know, I guess Hope, you know, Hope is a, a quick adopter, I guess. So she, I mean, yeah, like some of the, uh, some of the situations she's going through, yeah, that you know, we go through, but most of it I think is just learning how to be blind because she just recently lost her sight. So
2: the, the whole bump thing is, you know, as far as, you know, the medicine and all that, um, that is, that is, uh, pretty common i mean because i've i've seen a lot of situations where um it's a set of bumps that you can buy it's on a it's on a each each little piece is on a safety pin and there's like one two three mm-hmm. or four dots on this on this thing and you can pin it to you to your clothes or whatever um so that that's that's pretty common you know and and it really really I I like the fact that she said, you know, find the one with so many dots on it, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's actually where like they were close for, you know, matching and stuff like that. Uh and and uh I also think that Casey was on the money when when uh you know, obviously, you know, Ma- Michael was pretty you know, he, he, you know, pretty much supported her because when you know, I mean we, we deal with a lot of people who say that, uh liability or whatever could, you know, when, when, you know, market, when, and I kind of with Marcus and Tanya, when she spilled the, uh, whatever, whatever, uh, cleaning or something, whatever <laughs> it was in there.
1: <laughs> it was a, it was a full bedpan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, Mar- <laughs> Marcus, you know, is like, oh, well, just, just get out of here. She's, you know, there's no need for her or whatever.
2: You know, somebody spills something or everything, you know, like, just, just go away. We'll, we'll clean it everywhere. I mean, but see, on the other side, we can be just as ind- just as independent as anyone else. Uh, of course, yeah. But then again, I mean, you know,
0: hope you know, hope you you know, just went blind, especially that time. She's only been blind for I don't know. I mean, like yeah, a couple of a couple of days, like a month, at least a month. So. At, at,
1: at most, it would be about a month, I believe.
0: Yeah. So it's real realistically that you know that that should have happened. So
1: all right. Uh, so back to some forum posts. Uh, I'm Paul. Uh, and we're hopping back to to Irwin now. I don't trust Kimmet. My real life theory is that Ink and uh, Dur- oh sorry, Dry. There we go. That's what he wrote. I couldn't understand that. Uh, Inc and Dry were on the same team. They were coordinating events to achieve their ultimate goal: the destruction of the human race. Now I'm beginning to think Kimmet is in on it too. Oh, By the way, I,
0: mean, I don't think it's Inc, Inc. had anything to do with
1: any- I think Ink is on his own team. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I don't see. Um, first of all, if Dry was uh, masterminding with ink, he's doing a very bad job, um, because he let the tower live. Um, so yeah, I I I don't know that I buy the the may be emotionally distressed and not really uh emotionally attached to like places like Bullard, and that's why he wants to nuke him. I don't think he's trying to bring it about the end of the human race because he could have done that already. Yeah. He could have easily called... It, no one knows what that number is. He could have called it at any given point in time and blown him up and been like, oh, I have no idea. They must have been near a nuclear reactor that meltdown."
0: down.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Ned Gemma, who's also relatively new to the forum. So King Dot 2 the Resourceful is back and killing super soldier zombies with a pickaxe. Yay! Owen Hope is back too. Damn it. Uh-huh. Uh, Michael's, rea- <laughs> Michael's reaction when Tony said that they were like soldiers was interesting. You could hear him figuring it out and then maybe the reason why... it it's been quiet was because Inc. was preparing soldiers for a final attack on humanity that the, all of these were prototypes awesome hope asked why some of the zombies were freezing in the cold and some weren't it sounds like maybe not all the humans get uh, turned into advanced little ones or soldiers when they turn um, and I definitely agree with that there are regular zombies which is you know where we see like people like runners and regular shambler or shamblers they don't really shamble in this story um, and then there's the ones that like number two and all the ones we've basically seen for the last three chapters any zombie we've seen has been basically a super soldier zombie.
0: I, I kind of ink wonder inkling. if there's more. I mean, there's ink, yeah, but I wonder if there's more, like smaller armies, you know, led by, uh, you know, uh, you know, one of the, one of the bigger ones, uh, one of the bigger zombies. I mean, like there there could be. You know the ink is you know probably went in L.A. But then you know who who knows who's leading these uh, particular.
1: Ones. The thing with the Boulder zombies is that it they came from L.A. So they are uh, in okay. theory yeah, yeah. they are because cause remember Griggs is the one that attached. Or, I'm sorry, not Griggs. Uh, number two attached him. It's herself to the helicopter, killed everyone inside, turned Griggs, and Griggs is the one that went to Boulder to kill everyone. Uh, okay. So yeah, yeah, so that's that's Griggs that's right. is. Griggs is formerly army, who's now going to go attack Boulder, but number two is the reason that um, that the whole thing is happening. Yeah. So in terms of leadership, I don't know that there's a central core leadership going on with these ones right now. I suppose you could say Griggs is in charge because he may be the one pointing out, go kill comms, go kill Mayor, go kill you know that gunner with the big one, that big gun because he can hurt you the most. You know, maybe there's something like that, but yeah. I'm not sure that there's an organized structure out in Boulder. It's just probably melee. Zombie Blake from the forum. Uh, so, in terms of the cold, uh, zombies freezing. Uh, if this was the case, in theory, then the theory of a biter turning others into that type of biter may not be 100% accurate. Uh, it could also connect to the specific blood types in past life if the soldiers were being turned into super soldier zombies. So, that actually ties back into what Bert was saying back all the way back in Chapter 3. Um... You know, the smarter you are in life, the smarter you are in death. You know, if you were a soldier in life, maybe you become a soldier zombie in death. Um, Making sense to you guys, or do you think that's kind of uh,
0: Yeah, crap? I mean, because, you know, look at look, what look, 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 uh, Griggs
2: became,
0: you know, so...
2: Exactly. That's what I was going to say, too. So, yeah.
1: And it may be that they keep, like, their talents, like, maybe Griggs was really good at his planning and execution of his plans, um, and just so happens to be that he has thicker skin, stronger body... You know, stuff like that, so you know the smarter you want in life, you become this super soldier because you're smarter. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're like you become the super soldier. The super soldier is because you were attacked by that zombie, but because you have your smarts about you, you still you become that super soldier. That may not make sense. That was a lot of super soldiers in one sentence.
0: Well, well, yeah, huh. I, I think it, it makes sense in like a I guess a medical uh, medical uh, you know theological sense is that uh, you know like, you know you still have your you still have your mind intact, but your 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 body is, like, pretty altered.
1: Uh, Liam Carrington, how about this? The nuke from Irwin will be brought to Ground Zero or L.A. in the hospital and be blasted there. Um, so what do you think about retransporting the nuke to a different location to set it off? Uh, I
0: don't know about that. Well, that would be interesting if, uh, like, the, the the two plot lines merge together, you know, and then just blow up the colony with the maulers inside.
1: <laughs> that would be overkill, I think. I think you can probably take them out with just a regular old, like, bomb yeah i don't yeah, think a nuke how, is necessary how would, they have,
2: how would they have time to to get the bomb out of boulder with so much activity with the zombies and all
0: that yeah if it's, if it's um, rigged yeah. in such a way to, to blow boulder up it's they you know, like you know blow both locations up if they're linked it's probably not meant to be transported anywhere yeah yeah that's what i was thinking
1: uh bouncing back there uh to boulder for just a moment um, if uh, you have not already joined the forum, please do yourself a favor. Go to www.zombiepodcast.com slash forum. Uh, there you'll see all these posts that I keep pulling for these episodes. Uh, you'll find them there in the chapter discussion threads. In this specific chapter discussion thread, one of our moderators, Cabbage Patch, who you've heard a lot about on this podcast, um, went uh, to absolute next-level forum posting and actually analyzed the attack on Boulder and figured where Griggs was coming from, how he was moving in, where things were. He figured out almost where Datu and hope were at the time. Casey corrected that. Um, but he presented it with pictures, with maps. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to figure, to see that yet, um, go to dot slash forum. Um, find this post by cabbage patch. It is absolutely stellar. Uh, it's, it's a very visual one. So I'm obviously not going to put it on the, on the podcast cause you really need to go see it first. Um, and just, it, it, it's really, really great to have someone that is that smart figuring these things. Yeah, out. Yeah,
0: and he, isn't he? I think isn't he isn't he from? I think he's from the military, isn't he? From what? Uh, oh yeah, said on the podcast, no, absolutely. Um, yep, a couple of weeks ago.
1: Oh yeah, Cabbage Patch is definitely from the military. actually, he may even be still active military. I'm not really positive. I can't remember whether he's still um, active or not. Um, speaking of Cabbage Patch, which is what reminded me of this, uh, we know the Inglings have already gotten the mayor of Boulder and the command staff, assuming that some of them returned rather than eaten, and they retain the knowledge from before. It seems like they may have the information they need to set off the nuke. But do they have a sat phone? And that's what also triggered off my um, comment that I uh, put out there earlier about uh, setting off the Irwin bomb as opposed to the Boulder bomb. Uh, Meg, who is a very, very brand new uh, poster. This is her first post. I can't believe this is going to be my first post, and it is... To say that seriously wanted a bitch-laugh hope this episode. She annoyed, me, uh, she annoyed me very much thus far, and, uh, but a teenager girl should know when it's appropriate time to whine and when to shut the hell up. Or, well, you'd think she would know that because it's a zombie apocalypse.
0: <laughs> huh?
1: So, lots of anti-hope yeah. feelings. What are you going to do? um so yeah that's all the forum posts I have for this uh do you guys have any other things uh from the episode that you want to cover before I hit an email and then uh we sign off for the day
0: um no other than the fact that uh i'm interested you know i mean uh, i mean, I'm really interested to see how these uh these these plot these two plot lines uh merge for the for the finale i mean i hope that uh like like the colony and the you know i i think it's probably gonna be the the sat phone, somehow they're going to, uh, s- like, somebody's going to gonna fix the sat phone in the colony and they're going to somehow get to the sat phone, some sat phone in Irwin.
2: I'm really hoping that we can try to get everybody linked back together, you know, Saul and everybody, because we haven't heard from them in, in a while. And we don't know. The uh, last time we heard from uh, the... Old guy that fixes phones and stuff. He was starting to fix that sat phone, and we didn't know, we don't know uh, what's going on with that.
0: Well, he, well, yeah, that was, uh, he, well, yeah, he, he, that was when the, the you know the chaos happened with you know or whatever. You know, but, yeah, he hadn't Toronto. quite
1: got the he hadn't quite got the pieces to fix the phone yet. We still need to get to his shack at the colony and get back to Dunbar uh, before he's able to do anything with that phone. So there's still a lot that's got to happen on that oh, yeah. end to get us reconnected yeah, and to I can, uh you know,
0: and i kind of wonder uh it'll be interesting to see if i don't because he usually has this is like a pattern where like he go casey goes back to the storylines, and it seems like i don't know like at a reasonable part like i, I imagine like you know give, give the order to evacuate border and then we go back to the colony. you know a chapter later we we're, we're back you know so it's It'd be interesting to see if we go back the, to the colony on, on Monday or still stick with this uh, storyline. I kind of want to stick with this storyline just because, you know, I want to I want to see what what they do to evacuate voter or, or you know, see what their first actions are.
2: Speaking of Monday, yes, seeing as it the as it's the 100th episode, mm-hmm. uh, apparently through Twitter we're gonna be seeing some I don't know behind the scenes stuff. I'm interested to see what they're going to be doing on Monday. That uh that's going to be quite interesting.
1: Yes, uh I'm going to get to that. I have one email to read and then I have the general announcements, but there is stuff concerning the 100th episode that we're going to get to just in just a second. Um but first I'm going to read this email from Chris Star Lipper. I believe is how you say your name if I said it wrong. Apologies, dude. Appreciate it. Um hey, we're not dead. I've been a huge fan of warrior Live since late 2010, uh, which is Pretty much right around the time that I started listening, so yay, late 2010 listeners. Uh, I had discovered it mainly randomly on Facebook and listened to all the episodes, uh, released episodes. I think there was something in the teens as far as chapters go. Then I somehow lost track of it. I rediscovered it about a year later and realized the error of my ways. Good boy. Um, I trucked right on through all the episodes and continued through the newly released chapters. Fast forward to last week when I discovered We're Not Dead, a podcast about a story of survival. Sweet. Uh, I was a bit hesitant, not knowing uh, if I want to listen to a podcast about everything I had uh, already listened to. Started back at the first episode. I apologize for those already. I'm sorry, and instantly fell in love with Britt and Greg. No homo, but he sounds like a stud muffin. Trust me, Greg is a stud muffin, and of course Nick and Beesball.
0: Well, you know, if there's anybody who hates hope,
1: it's it's Greg, it's Greg Miller. Oh yeah, Greg Miller. Hmm. Greg Miller. Uh, I've been listening to you guys all day uh, at work since then. I'm not nearly uh, caught up, but I have never laughed so hard at work, and I really want to thank you guys for doing what you're all well doing. I've been loving all the in-depth discussion of the episodes I've already been through, and there's still so much that I have missed that you guys have pointed out. Really love hearing from the cast of We're Alive. They're amazingly interesting people. Uh, Also, your crazy shenanigans are awesome. For some reason, every time Greg does his Paul impression arm Paul. I snored out, laughed uh, snored out loud, which I'm sure annoys people in the neighboring cubicles. Anyways, I just wanted to send you a fan mail. Yes, fan mail, because I have email pound I have the email pounded in my head every episode so far. Seriously, you guys fucking rock. Keep rocking. And then he and I'm gonna post this on the Facebook and also on the forum. Um he attached a picture of a new tattoo that he got this year of a zombie on his leg, and it's like a bun- it's like a horde of zombies with, like, slash marks that look like bloody scratches on his leg. It's really oh, kick-ass tattoo. Uh, so wow. It's really, it's a really, really sweet tattoo. Um, so I am going to be posting this on the forum so that um, y'all can see the commitment to uh, zombie lore that uh, Chris has gone to. Um, so, Chris, thank you for the email. Again, if you want to email us uh, to get it right on the air or you want to say that you suck or you're awesome or anywhere in between that or bring back Britt because she's amazing, You'll hear her on Monday, I promise you. You're going to hear Brit on Monday for our special episode. Uh, email is we're not dead podcast at gmail dot com. Again, we're not dead podcast, all one word, no spaces at gmail dot com. So 100 episodes It is Monday. Alongside of this episode is going to be released an episode of we're not dead. It was a special episode. We sort of numbered it weirdly. We numbered it 46.5C, forgetting that we were going to be releasing 47 uh, on Friday. The day, uh, you know, the two days before it. So we numbered it weirdly. It's going to come out weirdly numbered. Um, but, yeah. Uh, we interviewed Casey Wayland. It was a nice long conversation. He revealed there are four things that are going to happen on Monday. On top of the fact that there's the 100th episode that's being released. Um, he reveals all four things in this podcast. So... It's going to be re- this our, our special episode with Casey in the interview. Also, he feels a lot of your questions. He reveals a lot of great information. So if you want some nice in-depth conversation with Casey Weyland, uh, Britt and I had it. It's going to be released on Monday. But again, that pot, the special edition of We're Not Dead, is going to have the four things that Casey teased on the forum. Um, they're really great. They're really awesome. I obviously know what they are already, but I can't tell you because uh, Casey Wayland will kill me if I do. Um, promote it on Facebook. Do it on Twitter. Speaking of which, Oren, where can uh the folks find you on Twitter if they want to?
0: It's at Orenks, O R I N K S and that's also my forum username. I'll get the I'll get the posting more there as time permits.
1: Sounds good. Um Sean, would you like to let the people know where they can find you on Twitters?
2: It would be S-E-A-N-T-E-R-R-Y Zero One.
1: So that is at Sean Terry Zero One. Um, you can always find us at we're not dead. Uh, sorry, uh, we're not dead. Uh, oh, at gmail.com podcast, I Yeah, I know. I, I started. I tried to salvage. <laughs> I tried to salvage myself and say the email again. No, no. I just confused myself like Greg did uh, eons ago, trying to figure out what the email address was. Uh, the email address is we're not dead podcast at gmail dot com. The Twitter is w n d podcast. Um, I am at nick voodoo and Britt is at brit five zero nine one with just one t uh bees ball is at bees ball uh follow at we're live the 100th episode comes out on monday thanks for listening to this podcast uh for oren and for sean guys thank you very much for being here i appreciate it greatly uh for bees if you've interjected yourself which i'm sure you have because
2: you can i wanted to go ahead and throw this out for everybody because i think it would be interesting if um if i could try to get some of the listeners to play this game because it reminds me of we're alive it's a okay. game called swamp it's an audio game actually there are some graphics but uh it's a game where you are running around and you have to kill zombies and yeah, it's,
0: it's it's a really cool uh well I mean, you have like you know uh, missions in the, the style of uh, you know, warehouses, which is kind of reminds me of, you know, like if if you know zombies were breaking in the tower, then you know just kill them all. I mean, it's it's a really it's a really fun game. Okay. Uh, uh,
1: what format? Uh, where do you find it? Is it iOS thing? Is it uh online? Or...
0: Actually, it's it's for it's a Windows a PC. Uh, it's a, it's a Windows game.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Very cool. Um, something you can find it like is it probably, like available uh, readily at stores uh, or? Yeah,
0: I think you can. You can probably just Google a Swap Audio Game. I, I can't remember the. I think
1: I can't remember the website offhand, but it should be easy to find. Okay, cool. So Google Swamp Audio Game. Uh, so check that out. Uh, that sounds actually really cool. Uh, if I had a PC, I would probably do it, but I, 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 I'm a Mac head. Um, so again, great. Uh, Oren and Sean, thank you very much for being on. So for Oren, for Sean, and again for Bees, if you uh, interjected, we're out. <laughs>